For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Welcome back to the latest edition of the Testudo Times podcast. We have another special episode with the 2020-21 Maryland women's basketball season preview. Matt Levine and Lila Bromberg with you today. And just to start off, Lila, I want to get to talking about last season. Maryland women's basketball team riding high, 17 straight wins to end the year, a Big Ten regular season title, a Big Ten uh, tournament title, and a projected one seed in the NCAA tournament before it all came crashing down. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked on the men's basketball preview podcast about the chance that they had, and I think that chance was so much more definitive um, for Maryland women's basketball. I really was convinced that they were going to be in the national championship with Oregon. Like you said, they won 17 straight games, and it wasn't just winning them. Like, they dominated. Um, They ended the season with the highest uh, scoring margin in in, uh, program history. And they just looked completely dominant on that run. Like, they were just annihilating opponents. And I really think that they could have gone really far. Um, And I think it would have been a really awesome matchup uh, to go against Oregon and and that talented team. So it's definitely a shame, but um, they definitely still have championship aspirations this year. But, you know, with both of those Maryland teams, it could have been a really special year for Maryland basketball all around. Yeah, we talked about it in the previews last season, how we both predicted that the men's and women's team would be in the Final Four last year. Towards the end of the year, I didn't think Maryland men's basketball could get that far. I thought definitely an Elite Eight, at least. Um, but for the women's team, you and I both agreed they were a top-four team in the nation. They were going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament, and they really had aspirations to be – a national title contender or the season was a bust in my opinion, at least um, with the talent that they had and the talent that's departed from this team as well. It's kind of crazy to me how they're still the number 12th team in the nation coming into this year, which is like bad for them, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's, just, that's considered like a bad thing for Maryland women's basketball to rate, be ranked 12th. It's crazy how they, just don't seem to fall out of the rankings no matter who they lose. And they're always replenishing talent as well. Uh, it's not just like their whole team. They, they lost five out of six starters from last year or five out of six leading scorers. Sorry. Um, and we'll get to that, but then they replenish it with freshmen and transfers as well. And just players that were freshmen last year, that are going to make a huge impact this year. So I give credit to Brenda freeze that her teams will always be involved. Um, and they'll always be at the top of the the rankings nationally. Yeah, I mean, she's proven herself as, you know, by far the best uh, Maryland women's basketball coach in program history, and, you know, she's able to get these players because she's someone that 
uh, people want to play for. You know, she knows what it takes to win a championship. She's going to get the best out of her players. And um, while there were like departures, which we'll get into, like you said, she's always able to bring back talent. And, you know, here's another season where they, you know, are contending for a national championship, even if, uh, you know, people are ranking them 12th, they really see them as themselves as, as a team that, you know, is one of the top in the country. So we'll get into those departures now. We'll start at the top because that's where pretty much all these departures came from. Their best player, Kyla Charles, got drafted by the Connecticut Sun, 23rd overall um, in this past draft, and then had a pretty good rookie season with them, um, joining her fellow Terps as well, Alyssa Thomas and Brianna Jones. But then you had a couple transfers and a couple graduates. So Stephanie Jones graduated. She's playing overseas. Um, you had Blair Watson graduate playing overseas, Sarah Vujicic graduated, and then who was going to be a junior now, Shakira Austin transferred to Ole Miss uh, with assistant coach Shea Robinson, who went there from Maryland last year. And then you had Taylor Mikesell transfer to Oregon and Olivia Owens transferred to Kentucky, who redshirted last year. But these are all players that have made an impact. Five out of the six top scorers, Ashley Woos is the sixth that's staying. Um, and she was a Big Ten freshman of the year last year. But just to I wouldn't lose... say that Sarah and Olivia made a big impact, though, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, like, no, oh. I'm saying at the top, you have Kyla Charles, who was okay. one of the best players in program history. Yeah. Uh, there's no <laughs> argument there. And then Shakira Austin, who was a top five recruit coming in, a five-star, who I thought had a chance to be the number one pick in the WNBA draft eventually with her size at 6'5". Um, and she, she's versatile. She was playing really good defense last year against some of the best talent in the country. And they were really, as you said, they, they won so many games by a crazy margin. And that had to do also with the shooting of Taylor Mikesell, who was also the Big Ten freshman of the year two seasons ago. Uh, she struggled or didn't struggle, but had a little bit of a fall off from her freshman year or sophomore year, but still shot the ball extremely well. She's a scorer, a passer, everything. Average double-digit points. Uh, and now she's going to Oregon, where she might win a national title there. Uh, I'm not sure any of the reasons why these players left, but it didn't really get mentioned publicly. But it's, it's crazy to see the talent leaving. And as I said, it just gets replenished. I mean, yeah, like I'm not going to speculate because I don't know what um, they believe, but what I've been told by – kind of people familiar with the program is that, I mean, there's kind of, I still don't understand the Taylor Mike sale leaving. Some people had kind of told me it was more of just wanting to be able to put herself in the best position for her pro career and get more touches and things like that. And um, I don't think it was ever really a good personality fit with Shakira Austin from what I've heard. But I think when you're playing for a coach like Brenda Freeze, there has to be a team first mentality. And I think you know, sometimes that can be hard when you're really trying to get to the pros and um, want to be able to put up those kinds of numbers and be able to kind of control the offense and things like that. But I think now they have a really good makeup of a group that, you know, just wants to win. I'm not saying those two didn't, but just that's kind of what I've heard is just um, it, it was more of kind of wanting to uh, be able to make a name for themselves somewhere else because Maryland is somewhere where, um, there's just so many contributors. And Kyla Charles is the main one that is leaving that we mentioned so far. Uh, and she was just such a special player, top 10 in scoring all time, 
at Maryland. She averaged 14.3 points per game and 7.3 rebounds last year, um, basically leading this team. Uh, started in every game, played the most amount of minutes. She was just the dark horse for this team. And to have her leave, I think, is the toughest to replace. Just that leadership on and off the court, just a really just a, a pro. Uh, obviously, she's a pro. She gets drafted into the WNBA and had a pretty good rookie season. So I think that's the toughest player to replace. But uh, we've seen Maryland sends players to the pros pretty much every year. And some of the best players in the WNBA come out of Maryland. So it's not hard for Brenda Freeze to get recruits and get transfers to come play for her uh, just based on the pipeline they've sent to the pros. Yeah, I mean, Kyla Charles definitely is a big loss. And it was really fun for me to be able to cover her a little bit in the WNBA uh, this season. She was in a really good situation there. And like you said, um, you know, she didn't see a lot of minutes this season. But when she did, she really did make an impact, especially on – the defensive end on the ball is something that uh, her head coach, Kurt Miller, talked to me about a lot. Um, and you mentioned Brenda Freeze bringing in new talent, and I think you do have someone coming in who really does have that potential to have as big of an impact on the program as Kyla did in Angel Reese, who uh, is the highest-rated recruit in program history, was number two in her class, and you know, players have raved about her. She is just an incredibly special talent that is going to have an impact on this team right away, without a doubt. Yeah, and Coach Freeze already has said that she's never seen a freshman come in and make such an impact in practices this early on. And she's had some good freshmen. I remember her telling me, like, about how Alyssa Thomas was as a freshman. And, I mean, if she's saying Angel Reese is the best she's ever had, like, that says a lot. She has had some incredible players in this program that have been able to – come out and make an impact right away. So that that really says a lot. So along with Angel Reese coming in, a freshman, Taija Kozlava, and you also have uh, grad transfer Katie Benzin from Harvard and transfer Chloe Bibby from Mississippi State, who received immediate eligibility a couple weeks ago. Um, I think she might be the biggest get for them in terms of needing to be immediately, immediately eligible. Uh, I think she'll make a big impact. Um, started all but two games last year at Mississippi State, averaged almost eight points, five rebounds, spent three years there. Uh, they're a great program, went to a Final Four, made deep runs as well. So she's she has that um, mental game, mental side of her that she knows what it takes to win. And that's a recipe that Brenda Freeze always wants with her players. Yeah, that was something that uh, Coach Freeze had talked about is, you know, that was one of the appeals of her wanting – of why she wanted to bring her into this program is she had that final four experience. She's the only one on this team right now that has that experience going to a final four and that's where this team wants to get. And so that was a big appeal for her um, is bringing in players who have championship mentality. You know, you bring in a lot of these high schoolers that have taken their teams extremely far and have that type of mentality and know what it takes to win. But having someone who has done it at the highest level is really going to benefit this team. Yeah, and if you add Katie Benson in there as well, uh, I'm not sure how much of an impact she'll make uh, in the Big Ten, but she's an all-Ivy League first-team player all three years at Harvard. And she started every game last year, averaged 14 points per game, 4.3 assists, 35 minutes per game. And she's getting high praise from Freeze as well. Um, a couple of days ago in media availability, Brenda Freeze said that 
she shoots the ball like Christy Tolliver a little bit. And it reminds, reminds her of that. And if anybody knows Maryland women's basketball, they know Christy Tolliver is one of the best shooters that's ever come through the program. I feel like I just saw like the shot in my mind as soon as you said like Christy Tolliver shooting. Exactly. The, the famous shot that sent the Terps to overtime against Duke in the national title game in 2006. Um, that's when Tolliver was a freshman. So getting a grad transfer in Katie Benson to have one year here at Maryland. And I think she can make some sort of an impact in the Big Ten. That's what I'm kind of interested to see is how she goes from playing against Ivy League competition to Big Ten competition. Um, and translating her game from Harvard to Maryland. But if she shoots the ball that well and she's already getting praise like that, that's another way to replace a player like Taylor Mikesell who really shot the ball well uh, in her two years at Maryland. Um, and if she's getting praise like Christy Tolliver, that, sh- that means she has to be something. Yeah, definitely. I think that'll be huge. And I think another player that I'm just so excited to watch is, you know, Ashley Owusu. Um, she had an incredible freshman season. You know, we're talking about freshman and she was one of those people last year. You know, she was the Big Ten tournament MVP, just really came out and was not kind of – she never really had those freshman nerves, right? She just came out and was very dominant for this team. Um, she's the leading scorer returning. Uh, Kyla Charles and Shakira Austin uh, were leading before that, and she returns having scored 11.3 points per game. Uh, She was just utterly dominant in terms of assists as well, Um, and she's going to be huge for this team, I I really do think, Um, especially now just being in her second year and taking that leap from year one to year two because she really impressed and showed the ability to lead a team offensively, even being that young and just the way she was able to direct the offense. It seemed like she really knew when she needed to take her own shot or what, or when, you know, she needed to pass the ball and find someone else. It it just seemed like she really had um, established a good flow and, and you can only expect that to improve. And this is a player who was a top 10 recruit, a five star. uh, And she ends up winning big 10 freshman of the year. Uh, You said big 10 tournament MVP as well. And she was really their – she she was sort of their leader other than Charles in terms of guiding the offense. Um, always had the ball in her hands, bringing it up the floor. And something she improved upon throughout the whole season was early on in the year, she tried to do too much herself, I felt like. Um, yeah. Taking the ball, driving in, and would turn it over when, when she drove to the basket or she'd take selfish shots. But throughout the season when – Maryland started to get on that run of winning 17 straight games to end the season. That was when I really saw her take a jump um, and it kind of previewed what she'll be like this year and throughout the rest of her career at Maryland. Um, Just the way she was able to facilitate and you said pass it out or score the basketball was more impressive than early on in the year when she would just drive with her head down and not really look at the rest of the players who was open and just put her head down and try to score the ball. Um, But as a point guard, her eyes were always up towards the end of the year looking for the right right player to shoot uh, and the right player to score or the right player to pass the ball to. And she really took the offense to new levels uh, with the ball in her hands pretty much every possession. I'm really excited to see the connection between her and Angel Reese. I think that's going to end up being a really dynamic duo for the next few years for Maryland. Yeah, I mean, they – 
two, two top 10 recruits. I mean, you have Angel Reese, the number two player, and then uh, Ashley Wusu was number seven by ESPN. I don't know what her consensus number was, but definitely a top 10 recruit. Regardless, she was really good last year, regardless of recruiting exactly. ranking. <laughs> um, so just the, as I said, the way Brenda Freeze is able to bring in these five stars and make them into players that can get to the WNBA is extremely impressive. They're one of the best programs to do that in all of women's basketball collegiately. Um, but when you're looking at all these newcomers and all these players leaving, it, it also kind of turns your head to who's Maryland going to compete against this year. And you look at the Big Ten now. We talk about it all the time in men's basketball, how competitive it is. And I think this might be the most competitive the Big Ten has been in women's basketball in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was. I feel like it got more competitive last year, but it wasn't at this level. And I think over the past five years, I mean, really since Maryland joined the conference, it's gotten a lot more competitive. Um you had a bunch of ranked teams last year, Northwestern and Maryland have, you know, had really good battles in, in recent years. And so you have Maryland at 12, Indiana at 16, Northwestern at 17, Ohio State in 20 and Michigan at 25. So, you know, a lot of those teams, Maryland just dominated last year. So I'm excited to see how they perform this year, having such a new team and, and having uh, these other teams ranked. And part of what you just said is that when Maryland came into the conference, it got a lot more competitive. And I think obviously that has to do with the Terrapins joining and how good they are every year. But you saw last year a team like Northwestern, who, in my opinion, could have the Big Ten player of the year this year in Lindsey Pulliam. They were able to make a run and also win the Big Ten regular season title with Maryland. And I covered that game, I think it was January 26th, uh, right after winter break. I was working for BTN Plus, and I remember the battle with Maryland and Northwestern that game. When Maryland had lost earlier in the season in Evanston, Northwestern comes into College Park, and Maryland really – they were back and forth first half, but Maryland ended up winning, I think, by nine points in the second half. Um, and we saw the whole season they were a second-half team, always closing team out, teams out by a lot of points at the end. And just the ability to close out on a team like that um, – I think it gives Maryland an advantage still with, without the top talent that they had last year, but replenishing that and playing all these good teams again this year. Um, there's obviously a lot more ranked, as you mentioned, but just always having the ability to compete against the top teams in the conference and really be the one that's feared, I think gives them the advantage um, with confidence. Just they have more skill in general and they were able to obviously win the big 10 tournament as well. They didn't have to face Northwestern as Northwestern got upset in that tournament. But um, I really think if you're talking about last year, Maryland's ability to just beat teams in the conference was almost unheard of. And it, I don't it think it wasn't anybody, even fair like that it, during that 17 game streak. Yeah. And, and I was just going to say, I don't think there's, I might be wrong, but I don't think there's another team in any conference that was that dominant. Um, despite sharing the regular season title, Maryland was still so dominant. And I mean, Northwestern was as well, and they, they split the, the series, and that's why they shared it. Had, North, had Maryland beat Northwestern twice, the story would have been different. And same thing goes for Northwestern beat Maryland twice. Northwestern would have been the lone champion. Um, but just as I said, the ability to beat those ranked teams is something so impressive that Brenda Freeze's teams are always able to do. And I think that gives them another advantage this year with the amount of teams that are ranked in the preseason poll in the conference. Right, and you mentioned that confidence that's stuck 
to me. Um, Lauren Roche, who is going to be our Maryland women's basketball beat writer, kind of wrote just about this team's uh, championship aspirations. And they all really believe that they can win a championship. You know, there's no um, kind of thoughts on who they lost. They've just, as we said, reloaded. And this is a team that really believes that they can go all the way. And I think that's a huge uh, advantage is just having that belief in yourself. Oh, without question. That all starts with Coach Brenda Freeze. Um, and just being able to cover her teams has been such a pleasure. The way she treats everybody else, media, uh, workers in the Xfinity Center, literally anybody that's around the team, she treats them the same as she would anybody else. And the way she just implements this mindset in her players that they are able to win or they, they should be able to win national titles every year, uh, it makes her one of the best coaches in the country. And I think she's up there with Gina Oriyama of UConn. There's a bunch of others around the country, but I think Brenda Freeze cements her name there as one of the best. And in just, I think it was her 84th career win at Maryland was her national title win, um, which is just, she won that as such a young coach. And here now entering 14 years later after that, 13 years later, whatever it is, it's just so impressive how she's had the longevity of coaching every year great teams, great players, pro players. And it, it just, I think there's a chance that they really do have another run in them this year. Um, sort of with that unfinished business mentality that they're able to win another, another big 10 title, maybe even go further than that. Yeah. And you mentioned the ranked teams and they play um, two ranked teams this weekend in as well. So they are going to test it early. Oh, you, know, you had, they played South Carolina early on uh, in the past few years. They won't be playing them again this year. Um, but usually they would have a bit more games kind of before getting in with the ranked teams. But, you know, they're going to be playing three games in three days. Uh, they're going to be playing Davidson on Friday, number 24, Missouri State on Saturday, and number 14, Arkansas on Sunday. And I think that's going to be a big test for them. You know, we clearly learned last year that those – it's – those first few games don't mean as much. You know, they really looked bad to start last year and they completely turned it around, like we said. But to play two ranked teams back to back, especially just with it being like two of the first three games of the season, I think that's going to be a really good challenge for them that even if they don't come out with a win, is going to prepare them uh, down the line of just being able to see that type of talent early on. Then they're able to play some lesser non-conference teams and kind of try and alter and change some things. So I think that'll really serve them well. I completely agree with that point. I think if you look at the, their non-conference schedule and you look at the men's team's non-conference schedule, it's just completely different in terms of uh, the talent of their opponents. Even Davidson is not ranked. They're just a team that, you know, I mean, they play in the A-10 that you know what they're going to get. And you have Missouri State as well, number 24, and you mentioned number 14, Arkansas. So just playing ranked teams at the top of that schedule, as you said, it helps to either get those ranked wins under your belt for the tournament resume, know where your team stands, and then if you do lose those games, you know what to fix going forward into the conference games, um, which is so important, which as we talked about on the men's preview podcast, they're, they're scheduling those weaker non-conference teams to try and figure out their rotation more and what's going to work and what's not. But here you have the opportunity to build that resume early on uh, for the women's team. And I think that's important as well. 
And you mentioned it, how they played South Carolina early last year. They looked terrible. Um, and I think this could be another thing where if they lose to one of these two teams or maybe even both that are ranked, they're going to be able to fix it and turn around because they know what they need to work on against the tough teams. Right. Like they lost the two ranked teams early on in South Carolina and NC State last year, and they turned it around and had this insane 17 game win streak that we talked about. And we're going to be the no a number one seed. So I think, like we said, this weekend isn't indicative of everything. I think more so regardless of result, like we said, it's really just going to help them. And I'm excited to see how they do perform against those top teams. And then, like we said, they'll have a lot more chances once they get in the conference play. But this should definitely be an interesting weekend. You know, they're down in Florida in what they're calling the beach bubble tournament. Um, they're having men and women's there. Uh, you know, obviously they're competing in the women's side of the tournament. But uh, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting format uh, for a tournament. Yeah, for sure. And then also just looking at the conference schedule, the teams that – they play only once in the Big Ten. Um, notable ones are Indiana, Northwestern, and Michigan, which are the 16th, um, 17th, and 25th teams in the nation, respectively, right now. So to get that resume built up early on in the season against a Missouri State and an Arkansas is going to be extremely helpful for Maryland if they're able to win, because when they do play those Big Ten teams later on in the year, they're getting not the toughest slate. Um, just playing Indiana once, as I said, Northwestern, who I think it could win the conference. And I think Indiana could also compete for the conference, playing them once and then Michigan once as well. Um, so they're not necessarily going to get those big ranked wins in conference play, just playing them once, as opposed to last year when you're able to play those better teams twice. Um, but that switches year to year. So And they weren't ranked as high last year as well. Yeah. I mean, now with the, the way the competition is, just playing them once, I think it's important even more so to have those non-conference ranked teams at the top that you can, if you beat them, already have that resume built. Um, and then, as I said, if you, if you can't beat them, you know what you have to fix. You know what lineups to change, especially with a new roster like this. Um, you have three players who redshirted last year. Shanice Lewis, who was outstanding as a uh, freshman point guard now entering her redshirt junior year. Um, and then you also have Mimi Collins who sat out last year, transferring from Tennessee, a big forward for them. And then Zoe Young, another five-star guard that was a freshman last year, tore ACL in preseason. Uh, she hasn't been practicing yet, but it, it doesn't seem like she won't play this year. At least we think she will. I don't, I don't see how you could sit out two years from an ACL tear. Um, so I think they're just taking it slow with her and she'll make an appearance eventually. But just to have those three players come back, adding into what they already are bringing in, I think that obviously replenishes the talent lost. And I think that's important early on to try and find the rotation that's going to work the best. And you can do that against ranked teams if you're able to beat them. It's a win-win finding your rotation and then also getting um, – a good resume for the NCAA tournament. Right. And I was thinking about this other day, actually, it's kind of crazy to me where across the three major teams at Maryland, football, men's basketball, and women's basketball, for all these like crazy new makeups, it's, it's, it's so strange. You have 56 or 57 players with football. You have so many new guys for, for basketball. And now with women's basketball as well. And, 
Uh, it's really interesting to just kind of see the shift in a lot of these teams and what they're going to look like in the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, just all across the board, even, um, as you said, it's it's crazy. Um, there's other schools like Wisconsin men's basketball, for example. They're returning all five starters, and they uh, they won the co-share of the Big Ten title last year. Um, so just it's it's crazy how players can leave and – or just it's an extremely new makeup and the Maryland women's basketball team seems to always be able to compete and always be able to win and always be able to be at the top of the country in rankings, um, despite who they lose and they're always replenishing it. It's kind of like the way in men's basketball, a team like Duke is, uh, they have a lot of one and dones every year. They replenish that with five stars and that's exactly what Maryland women's basketball does. Yeah. I'm just really excited to see this team. Like I said, I think I'm just I'm so excited to see what Angel Reese does. I mean, she's a player who just had an absolutely dominant high school career. Uh, she averaged 18 points, 20 rebounds, and five assists per game, which is like 20 rebounds and 18 points. That's ridiculous. And was named the Baltimore Suns Player of the Year as both a junior and a senior. She's been on so many watch lists. I think she was named one of ESPN's uh, preseason freshmen of the year. Um, and she has huge expectations, but she seems like from what Brenda said, and just from her own experiences, someone who really is going to be able to take that with stride. We talked about, you know, Owusu being someone who was able to come in and just kind of build that confidence. And it took her a little bit of time, but I think Reese is one of those players. She's coming in the right way. And like I said, I'm excited to see that can. I'm excited to see how the transfers do and um, how this team pans out. Because like you said, a Brenda Freeze coach team is always going to be good. And another thing to look at is the height that this roster has. Um, it, and you mentioned Angel Reese. It starts with her at 6'3". Diamond Miller, who's a sophomore who I think has a chance to break out. Um, she did towards the end of last year, also 6'3". Mimi Collins returning at 6'3". Uh, you have Faith Misonis, a sophomore at 6'1", freshman Kozlova, 6'1", Awusu, 6'0", and Chloe Bibby, 6'1". So really, the, the only players that are under 6'0", are Zoe Young at 5'10", Shanice Lewis at 5'8", and Katie Benson at 5'6". All I mean, three players. It, it's, I think that's something of note because I don't, know what the, I don't know what the numbers are, but this has to be one of the tallest teams Brenda Fries has ever had. Uh, and the best players are the ones that are six three and six foot and six two and six whatever they are. That is going to help so much on defense for them. Um, we saw last year their defense was unreal. Just the way they were able to score the ball and then stop other teams. We keep mentioning the scoring margin that they had, and that all started with Diamond Miller's length and and now it's going to be Angel Reese taking the reins of what Shakira Austin did at six five. Um, just they're replenishing, as I keep saying, just get losing that those players and they're getting height back and they're getting height that's going to produce for them as well. And you mentioned Faith. You know, she's a player that uh, averaged 3.8 points and 2.9 rebounds in, in limited season. But beyond her production, I think she plays such an important role for this team. You know, you talk to Faith and, and she's just the kind of person that lights up, has so much uh, energy and passion and I really think she's kind of the heart of this team in that regard 
And I think that's so crucial, especially in a year like this, that's just so unusual is to have someone like that. Who's always looking at the positive side of things is always, you know, one to make people laugh or, or lighten the mood. I think that can't be understated in a season like this. And then, you know, you'll see a sophomore leap from her as well. And I, I just think that's going to be so huge to keep this team energy up because, you know, it, it's going to be a tough season. It's just the circumstances of 2020. Yeah. And you mentioned just more of the off the stats for her is where she shines. I think getting stops is one of them um, forcing missed shots. She's a great defender much better than she's a scorer. And that wasn't really her role last year to score the ball, which I think it could become that this year, uh, just being an option for the, for them to have a player at 6-1 that drives to the basket well, and she can kick it out as well, uh, sort of like Owusu. Um, Owusu's obviously a little bit more talented, but Faith is a great defender, good rebounder. I think she's going to provide another big role for them as a sophomore leap you mentioned. Um, I really think all these sophomores, um, and you add in Diamond Miller, Ashley Wusu, Faith Masonis, and then part of that class was Zoe Young, who's redshirted last year. But I think the four of them, if Young is able to play, if not, it'll be the three of them, are going to be the heart and soul of this team um, that really take it to the next level. Um, and that is riding on Faith's defense, uh, the offense and defense from Diamond Miller, and more offense from – Ashley Wusu, I think that they all complement each other well on the floor. And I think that's a recipe that Brenda Freeze can use is having lost the every player from the recruiting class that was a year ahead of them in Mike Sell, Austin, and uh, Olivia Owens, but the recruiting class after in Faith, Diamond Miller, Ashley, Awusu, and Zoe Young. It's just so impressive, as I keep saying, to bring in players year in and year out that are just going to produce and compete for you. And one thing I wanted to talk about, I touched on this a little bit, but we're talking about how much talent this team has, but it, I mean, just looking at the article Lauren wrote and from what I've heard from players, like they don't care about those individual accolades. Um, you know, basically, um, and the freeze had asked uh, freshman Angel Reese, like, what she what her goals were with individual stats and, and Reese basically said she didn't have them you know she just wants to see the team be successful um Ashley just said that you know her personal goal was to help them win you know a national championship you have someone like um Katie Benson who said she wasn't really picking a program based on her role and the role she would have on that team she wanted to be with a team that was competitive and had a chance to win a championship and so I think there's just an aspect of this team where they're crazy talented, right? But they seem like they're going to be a team that is going to make the necessary sacrifices for the good of a team to be able to get to that high level. And I think that's so important. That question. And that that's going to help offensively on the court is knowing that each player isn't selfish enough the way that I mentioned Ashley Wusu was early on in the year last year or even sometimes Taylor Mikesell is taking a big three, and when she's cold, um, that was her role. But if they're not scoring, these players are going to kick it out and pass a lot, and it's going to be important for them to do that. And the mindset to know we don't have these personal goals, it's more of a team goal, that collectively will help them win games and I really think that that all stems from Brenda Freeze and the way she coaches her players, teaches these players, and even the way she recruits them and finds them. 
she's not – if she doesn't like your attitude or whatever it might be, she's not going to go after you. And I think that is a way to build a program the way she has, um, is getting these players that are, are selfless and are willing to do anything to win a game. And I also think an aspect of Brenda Freeze's coaching is like, you know, she's going to be tough on you on the court, right? Like she expects the best and that's not going to change. That's why she recruits a player she does. But there's so many just like fun traditions with this team and kind of things they do where you have that really nice balance of you're going to be pushed uh, to be the best player you can and you're going to have to work really hard, but they find a way to make it fun and I think that's just really important to have within the team as well. So now we'll start to get into our awards that we did for the men's team. We'll do it for the women's team as well. Um, so we'll start with you, Lila. Your most improved player from last year to this year. Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Diamond's, Diamond Miller. Um, like you mentioned, she – um, really started competing well for them towards the end of the season. And I think just taking that freshman to sophomore jump, it's always such a huge jump for players. So I think for her, like that's going to uh, be huge is just having that experience under her belt um, and really being able to kind of have that confidence and knowing that like people have left, it's my job to be able to step up and, and step into that role. You know, she's a six, three guard. And that's huge for his team. Like you mentioned the height. And if you just kind of look at her games last season, you mentioned that she was doing really well towards the end of the year. Um, if you just look at that, you know, she had through the last, through the last seven games, um, she had at least 10 points in five of those, uh, you know, and she showed flashes of a player she can be. And I think that's going to be really important is if she can make good on that. You know, the teams, the games where she saw at least 20 minutes per game, she really produced well. So I think if she's getting more of those minutes and she has that confidence of going from year one to year two, I really think she can make a big impact on this team. She was my most improved or biggest jump as well, but I'll play devil's advocate and I'll pick Faith Masonis as well. You mentioned the importance of, going from your freshman year to your sophomore year and how that can impact players. I think leadership-wise, she's taking on a giant role um, just in her second year. She was, as I said, the heart and soul of the defense when she was on the floor last year. She rebounds well. She steals the ball. Just She stops offensive momentum from the other team, and that's all you can ask of her. That's her role, uh, at least it was last year. It might change a little bit, and I think she's going to make a huge jump and turn into more of an offensive player as well, an all-around player um, that can get to the basket, driving downhill, down in the paint, good in the post, um, just really good inside the arc overall. And I think her and Diamond Miller collectively are going to combine for the biggest jumps on the team. And as I said, I keep mentioning that all those sophomores are really going to catapult the offense and defense this year for Maryland. Um, we'll get into your MVP now. Last year, both of ours was Kyla Charles, obviously. But this year, is there a clear player that stands out as the best on the team? For me, it's going to be either Ashley Wusu or Angel Reese. And I'm not sure who yet. But I think, I think they're going to be like the dynamic duo for this team. 
And I saw a smile on your face. I think you're going to say the same thing. Well, see, I, just because Angel Reese is a freshman, I did it on the men's team that uh, I said Dante Scott would start over Jarius Hamilton just because Dante Scott has been there before uh, Hamilton transfers from BC. So with Angel Reese being a freshman coming in, I'm giving Ashley the nod, Ashley Wusu the nod at MVP. Um, preseason All-Big Ten team. She was Big Ten Freshman of the Year last year. She's on all of these award lists, including the Naismith Player of the Year watch list. So she's getting that national recognition now, too. Um, and she produces on the floor. If she continues to do that and even makes, as we keep saying, that freshman to sophomore year jump, she might be able to do that and really turn into someone that could uh, be a, a pro, eventually a top pick in the WNBA draft. Yeah, I think between her and Angel Reese, it's like, both like my MVP and also like the player I'm most excited to watch. I just, I'm so excited to see those two on the court together. I really am. Yeah. My most excited to watch as well as Angel Reese. Um, just the hype that Brenda Fries has brought to her that she's one of the best freshmen um, that's ever come in this early on. And I think it, it, it should, it, it's crazy how many players have come in here and have been so good. And she's giving all this praise to Angel Reese early on, saying she's a leader right away, you know, cheering for her teammates that she's only had for a few months now, um, just the way she produces on the floor. And you mentioned the 20 rebounds average last year. I mean, that's, that's something that if she does anything even close to that in the Big Ten, they're going to be set up for success. Um, so I'm very excited to see what she does as the number two player in the class. Uh, the highest recruit ever in Maryland women's basketball history. Yeah, it should be uh, really fun to watch. And then we'll end off with our starting five predictions. Um, it, it mixed around a lot last year until they found their rotation. But as we said, they're losing pretty much four starters um, from last year. You had Taylor Mikesell start pretty much every game um, aside from – or, yeah, she did start every game, actually. Kyla Charles started every game. Shakira Austin started all but six. Um, and then Awusu started only 16. So she wasn't a full-time starter, but she stayed. Stephanie Jones was in and out of the starting lineup, and then Blair Watson as well. So really Ashley Awusu and Diamond Miller are the two – they're the only two returners that have started – uh, a game in their career for Maryland and they combined to have 19 total starts together. Um, so this team is extremely, I guess the word is the lack of experience in the starting lineup, but I think the skill is there to really make this a good team. Yeah. I know you're going to ask me for my starting lineup, but like, I have no idea. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll let you go. Down. first Cause I mean, you have, I have like an like, idea, but not a definitive idea. Okay. You have to start Ashley Awusu at the one. She's the yeah, ball handler. Yeah, that's obvious. And with Shanice Lewis coming back, I think there's a chance she could start at – I mean, she's a true point guard, but she was so good in her freshman and sophomore years passing the ball. Maybe you have Awusu play off the ball, um, sort of like how Maryland men's basketball did it with Cowan and Ayala, two point guards starting. You could do that with Lewis and Awusu. Uh, if not, I think – I think Lewis is the first off the bench. Um, but also, I want Diamond Miller starting. Um, so, Wusu, Diamond Miller, you have to have Angel Reese in there. 
Um, I think she might be one of their best players. And then I'd go with either – I mean, I, I would say either Faith Masonis at shooting guard and either um, uh, Shanice Lewis. So um, you don't see, like, Katie Benson or Chloe Bibby, like, coming I think, in? I think Chloe Bibby plays the four or five with Angel Reese, uh, being their two big players, taller players. I think she'll start. Um, she has that experience. She has that skill. Good shooter. Really an all-around good player. Can rebound. Can play defense. So I think she'll be in there. But as far as the two goes, I think it'll either be Shanice Lewis or Faith Masonis. I don't know about Katie Benson yet just because I'm not familiar with how she'll play. But there's a chance she does get in there as well um, based on the early season games. Because as I said last year, they mixed it up a lot early on who was starting and who wasn't until they found that groove that they were able to get into. But uh, just to recap that, I'll go Awusu, Masonis, Diamond Miller, um, Angel Reese, and Chloe Bibby as my starting five. Okay, so I'm going to go with Awusu, um, Diamond Miller, Angel Reese, Chloe Bibby. Is that four or five? That was four. Who didn't I say what I was going to say? I'm going to go over this again. <laughs> I had Chloe Bibby, Ashley Owusu, uh, Diamond Miller, and then I would have Angel Reese. And I'm not sure about the fourth, if I'm being completely honest. I would maybe say probably I would go Faith um, of that group. But I don't know. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with the thing about Shanice Lewis. I think that you need to have the ball in Ashley's hands. and. Um, I know she kind of struggles to score at times and I see her more as kind of being, a, being a backup or someone to fill in. I'm maybe you can move Ashley to the two at times, but you know, I don't see her in the starting lineup at, at this point. Um, you know, Mimi Collins, she didn't average that much at Tennessee, but you never know there. And like you said, we don't really know what to expect with um, Katie Benson, but you do have to kind of consider the fact of how much shorter she is than everyone on this team at five six, and you know that could play a factor depending on games and things like that. Yeah, I think both of ours are pretty similar. I'm really excited to see this team, number twelfth in the country, just a new makeup overall. So many exciting storylines, and it doesn't get better than Brenda Fries having pretty much a new team uh, to compete with. So. I'm extremely excited for tip-off on Friday. Yeah, so am I, and make sure to follow along with all of our coverage on to Thank you guys so much for listening.